Hello, listener. Thank you for listening to our content. We have prepared a graphic summary with the main ideas and teachings of this incredible bestseller. Click on the link, Book Graphic, in the description to have access to a material where we combine the perfect mental stimuli so that you know and understand the great intuitions of the author. For most people, life is all about winning or losing, success or failures. This finite way of thinking may drive short-term results, but tends to backfire in the long run. In this book, Simon Sinek proposes a different approach. To play the infinite game, where it's possible to serve everyone, from individuals to organizations, and the entire humanity. According to Professor James Carse, there are two types of games in life, finite and infinite games. In finite games, the main goal is to win. Such games come with known players, fixed endpoints, a clear winner, pre-agreed objectives, and fixed rules with penalties for breaking them. Just think of a game of football. On the other hand, infinite games have no winner, no fixed endpoint, and no fixed rules, like the game of business. Players come and go, but the game continues indefinitely. The goal is to simply keep the game going. Most aspects of life involve infinite games. For instance, there's no such thing as a winner when it comes to marriage, friendship, or even life itself. Getting a degree is finite, but education is infinite. You can win other candidates to secure a specific job, but you cannot win a career. Finite games are more tempting because they deliver fast, concrete results. However, these are often temporary. On the other hand, infinite games require consistent effort, but they're also much more rewarding since they generate better results in the long run for all parties involved. They also fulfill our fundamental human need to feel safe, provide for those we care for, and contribute to something bigger than ourselves. To succeed in a finite game, you must follow the right rules. To succeed in an infinite game, you must adopt an infinite mindset with five essential practices, which we'll explain shortly. So, it's crucial to know what game you're in and how best to play it. Business is an example of an infinite game. Organizations that focus on long-term goals, continuous improvement, and making a positive impact are more likely to succeed in the long run. Unfortunately, many businesses today adopt finite thinking with a transactional approach. They engage in unethical business practices, mass layoffs, and focus myopically on short-term profits. So, how can you adopt an infinite mindset and play the infinite game? Leaders with an infinite mindset adopt five essential practices that reinforce one another. They champion a just cause, build trusting teams, learn from worthy rivals, 
display existential flexibility, and lead with courage. These five practices can be applied individually, but they're most effective when combined. Now, let's dive into each one in turn. Practice number one, champion a just cause. Infinite-minded leaders are driven by a just cause, that is, a compelling vision of a future that doesn't yet exist. This drives all their decisions. A just cause must meet five criteria. First, it must stand for something meaningful that people can rally behind, such as the right for every human to earn a living. It's not something to oppose, such as a fight against poverty. Second, it is inclusive and welcomes anyone to contribute. Third, it is service-oriented and exists to serve and benefit others. The focus is on improving the lives of the recipients or beneficiaries, not the contributors. In the long run, everybody still wins because the beneficiaries often feel a loyalty toward the contributors and wish to repay them. Fourth, a just cause transcends any individual, company, product, or service. That makes it resilient enough to withstand the test of time. Take the music industry, for example. Those who focused on selling products like cassettes and CDs got left behind. Those focused on a cause, sharing music, continued to thrive in the digital streaming era with new innovations like iTunes and Spotify. Finally, a just cause is idealistic. It is bold, inspiring, yet impossible to achieve 100%. This gives people something to keep working toward. For example, the American Declaration of Independence codified a set of principles that are meaningful but never fully attainable. Over the years, it inspired the abolition of slavery, the women's suffrage, and the Civil Rights Act. Yet, each of these movements are just milestones on a never-ending path of progress. It's okay to set finite goals, so long as they're treated as milestones in the infinite game, instead of being confused with the game itself. For example, President Kennedy's goal for humans to land on the moon was inspiring, but it wasn't a just cause because it wasn't infinite. Slightly more than eight years after Kennedy's declaration, the goal was accomplished when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. Having said that, this finite goal was nested within a wider infinite goal to acquire new knowledge, explore new ground, and bring progress for all human beings. Infinite-minded leaders sacrifice everything they have to support their cause, sometimes even their lives. For example, Nikolai Vavilov was a Russian botanist who devoted his life to preserving the world's food diversity. He created a seed bank in Leningrad with specimens from over 6,000 different crops. After Vavilov died in captivity during World War II, 
his team holed up in a building to protect the seeds from the Nazis. They chose to preserve the seeds instead of using them to feed themselves and the local community. In the end, many people, including Vavilov's own team, died of starvation. But this was a sacrifice they were willing to bear because the seed bank affected humanity's long-term survival and was bigger than their own lives or even the chance to end the Nazi siege. Leaders serve as the custodians of the cause to keep their teams on track. However, organizations often lose sight of their purpose over time. One of the best ways to preserve a just cause is to put it down in writing. This ensures that the original goals, ideals, and vision are clearly captured and can be passed on without dilution or confusion. It's equally important to select new leaders with the right mindset and values. For example, Sam Walton founded Walmart in 1962 with the mission to offer the lowest prices to reduce people's cost of living. This mission drove all of Walmart's decisions, from its business model to store designs. Yet, by the time Mike Duke took over as CEO in 2009, Walton's original vision had become fuzzy. Duke focused on efficiency and returns, not on serving people. Despite short-term financial gains, morale started to drop and Walmart got embroiled in a range of scandals, from bribery to mistreatment of staff and customers. To remind leaders of their purpose, Simon Sinek proposes renaming the top position to Chief Vision Officer, or CVO for short. This defines the role more clearly compared to the title of Chief Executive Officer. The CVO position should be held by an infinite-minded leader who keeps the vision clear and aligns everyone toward the cause. This CVO then works alongside an operating role such as the CFO or a COO. This allows the CVO to focus on the infinite game beyond the organization, while the CFO or COO focuses on the finite goals within the organization. To understand the current short-sightedness in business thinking, we must understand how our views on capitalism have evolved. When Adam Smith first conceived capitalism 200 years ago, he proposed that, in a free market, businesses should provide the best possible products and services, since consumers would only pay for what they value. So, the best way for businesses to serve their self-interests is to serve their customers well. Then, in the 1970s, Milton Friedman proposed a different view, that businesses should maximize shareholder value since shareholders essentially own the business. In reality, most shareholders think like punters, not business owners. They're more interested in making a quick buck than in the company's long-term successes. When a CEO's compensation is tied to short-term profits or stock prices, 
he or she will be incentivized to cut costs and drive sales, even if these hurt the company's long-term health. To thrive, companies need much more than money from shareholders. They also need the time and energy from their employees and the support from their customers and suppliers. So, a business should serve everyone who contributes toward it, not just the shareholders. Sinek urges readers to return to Smith's vision of capitalism, which is built on three pillars. First, businesses should focus on serving a greater purpose that gives people a sense of meaning and belonging. Second, businesses should operate in a way that protects people, including their workers, consumers, and the environment. Finally, businesses should generate enough profit so they have the resources to keep serving the previous two responsibilities. How leaders treat their people affects how people treat them in return. Finite-minded leaders see people as a resource to be exploited. They try to squeeze every drop from their human resource and motivate people through monetary rewards. During hard times, they tend to fire people to cut costs, then place the burden on the remaining staff. In return, employees adopt a transactional attitude toward the company and will leave for a better opportunity or when the going gets tough. Infinite-minded leaders prioritize people over monetary resources. They look for ways to bring out the best in people and motivate people through a sense of belonging and community. During hard times, they find ways to share the burden, such as asking all employees to take a few weeks of unpaid leave. People feel loyal to the leaders and company and will stick around in both good times and bad. In the long run, the costs of taking care of your people are much lower than the costs of losing good people and finding or retraining new hires. Practice number two, building trusting teams. Having a just cause alone isn't enough. You must also align people and decisions with the cause. Infinite-minded leaders build trusting teams where people share the same purpose and can collaborate and innovate freely. Every high-performing team requires two core ingredients, performance and trust. Performance is about technical competence, that is, the ability to do a job well, persevere, and manage pressure. Hello, listener. Thank you for listening to our content. We have prepared a graphic summary with the main ideas and teachings of this incredible bestseller. Click on the link, Book Graphic, in the description to have access to a material where we combine the perfect mental stimuli so that you know and understand the great intuitions of the author. Trust is about character. That is, a person's sense of accountability and humility. This includes how far people trust their teammates, and how far they can be trusted to have their colleagues' backs. 
Individual team members are high on both performance and trust. They focus on the team's interest, perform well individually, and bring positive dynamics to their team. By contrast, toxic team members focus on their self-interests, underperform, and drag the team down by blaming others and passing negative comments. Infinite-minded leaders develop both trust and performance in their teams. They create a safe environment where people feel safe to be themselves, can openly share and discuss ideas and concerns, flag out mistakes and potential problems, or ask for help. This facilitates trust, collaboration, and innovation, all of which help the team and organization to move forward. Infinite-minded leaders also reinforce desired behaviors using metrics and recognitions. They give people the freedom to do their jobs, listen openly when people speak up, and provide their support to solve problems instead of assigning blame. They help team members who are low on performance to acquire the necessary technical skills, and they help those who are low on trust to become more trusting and trusted. However, they won't hesitate to remove those who refuse to take responsibility for their actions. On the other hand, finite-minded leaders tend to focus too much on performance and winning. As a result, they unintentionally create toxic cultures where people are driven by an unhealthy sense of rivalry and a fear of mistakes. Former CEO of General Electric, Jack Welch, was famous for ranking his employees and automatically firing the bottom 10% each year. This relentless focus on performance helped GE to grow rapidly in the 1980s and 90s. However, it also created a culture where people competed with one another to get ahead, instead of collaborating to move the company forward. Eventually, GE's results started to slide, and it had to be bailed out by the U.S. government after the 2008 financial crisis. When leaders reward end results without considering how those results are achieved, it also sends the signal that numbers are valued above all else. This could lead to ethical fading, where people engage in unethical behaviors to advance their interests without even realizing it. This usually starts with small misdeeds, such as hiding harmful ingredients, or using accounting tricks to avoid taxes. Over time, the unethical practices snowball into serious breaches. For a decade, leaders at the Wells Fargo Bank chose to ignore audit findings about potentially unethical practices at the bank. Left unchecked, things worsened until the bank came under formal investigation. Between 2011 and 2016, thousands of employees were involved in opening millions of fake accounts and signing up customers for credit cards and insurance policies without their knowledge. 
trusting teams help to counter ethical fading because team members feel accountable to one another and will honestly speak up when they notice gaps or breaches. This allows issues to be addressed ASAP. Upholding ethical behavior is just one of the many infinite games in business. Such games require that you continually adjust and refine your approach, values, and beliefs. The best way to do so is to constantly develop the right qualities, mindsets, and cultural norms so people do the right thing out of integrity. Patagonia is a great example of a company that managed to be both ethical and profitable. To reduce waste production, they offer free repairs and facilitate product resale and recycling. They also team up with NGOs to prevent human rights violations in their entire supply chain. Whenever they uncover any gaps, they opt for full transparency internally and externally. This approach won Patagonia a loyal base of customers and employees, and even inspired other businesses to follow in their footsteps. Practice number three, learn from worthy rivals. A worthy rival is an infinite-minded player who's worth learning from. It can be inside or outside your industry and must be superior than you in some ways. Finite-minded players see other strong players as rivals they must win, while infinite-minded players see other strong players as a source of learning and inspiration. This helps them to stay humble and spurs them to keep improving and rejuvenating themselves. When IBM launched its first personal computer, Apple was already an established player in the PC market. Instead of trying to beat IBM, Apple publicly welcomed IBM as a player that could bring new progress and even support Apple's mission to put computing power in the hands of people. Indeed, IBM expanded the market significantly by making PCs a necessity in every office and home. It also acted as a contrast to accentuate what Apple stood for. IBM was seen as a workhorse, while Apple was about creativity. IBM served the mass market with tried and tested features while Apple served enthusiasts with premium and novel features. IBM was a worthy rival for Apple for several years before new players like Microsoft, Google, and Facebook entered the fray. Each new player brought new ideas and benchmarks for Apple to push itself to new heights. In an infinite game, players come and go each bringing different strategies and strengths. Don't get so fixated on your own cause that you only see the good in yourself and the bad in others. There's always something you can learn from others, even if you don't fully agree with what they do or why they do it. And just because a rival leaves the market doesn't mean that you've won. The game continues and you can find new worthy rivals to learn from.
Practice number four. Display existential flexibility. Infinite-minded leaders are always looking for better ways to advance their just cause. If they believe that the organization's direction no longer aligns with its just cause, they're willing to make drastic, fundamental shifts to get back on a right plan. For example, Walt Disney wanted to help people to escape the stresses of daily life and relive the joys and wonders of childhood. He was the first to create a cartoon with synchronized sound and built Disney into a leading animation film producer. Yet, by 1952, Walt Disney was frustrated at how big and bureaucratic the company had become. So, he quit and invested everything he had in a new venture, Disneyland. A flex doesn't occur at the founding, but after the company is already established. It involves drastic changes that disrupts your current business model and can jeopardize the entire company's survival. Yet, everyone in the organization accepts the risks in order to support the just cause. In a changing world, every organization must go through a flex at some point. Sticking to status quo will only lead to an organization's demise. Kodak was actually the first company to make photography publicly accessible. For decades, it led innovations in the photography industry to transform how the average person captured special moments and created memories. By the 1970s, Kodak's leaders had lost sight of their cause and became more finite-minded. When its R&D team invented the digital camera, Kodak's leaders saw it as a threat to their existing business model and chose to bury the technology. By the time other companies introduced the digital camera, it was too late for Kodak to catch up, and they ended up filing for bankruptcy protection in 2012. Practice number five. Lead with courage. To play the infinite game, you need courage, not only to take risky actions, but also to admit mistakes, shift your perspective, and stay true to your just cause in the face of internal and external pressures. Infinite-minded leaders have the courage to do what's right instead of what's easy. For example, in 2014, CVS Caremark announced that it would stop selling tobacco-related products in all their stores, even though this meant a loss of $2 billion of revenue per year. This decision was made without any external pressure. It was purely to uphold CVS's mission to help people get on a path to better health. This turned out to be a positive decision. In states where CVS had less than 15% market share, cigarette sales fell by 1% that month. The sale of nicotine patches also increased right after CVS's decision, possibly in response to their call for people to quit smoking. Although CVS's stock price fell 1% after their announcement, it recovered quickly.
1.5 years later, CVS enjoyed 70% higher stock prices, along with higher earnings per share. By contrast, many finite-minded companies chose to hide behind legalities, public opinion, or social norms, instead of doing what's right. In the wake of CVS's decision, other retailers and pharmacies also had to decide whether to stop selling tobacco. Many simply chose to continue. For example, Rite Aid has a similar mission to help customers lead healthier, happier lives, yet they justified their decision to sell cigarettes by saying that such tobacco products were offered in accordance with federal, state, and local laws. The true test of leaders' courage often happens at crossroads. This commonly occurs during an IPO or a change of leadership when new leaders must decide if they will lead the organization down an infinite or finite path. When an organization becomes extremely successful, it's also easy to slide into a finite mindset than grow complacent. The best way to keep yourself on track is to adopt all five practices, which reinforce one another. Have a just cause. Work with a trusted team that shares your cause. Have a worthy rival to spur you onward. The willingness to switch paths when necessary and make the right decisions for your cause. You've just learned the difference between finite and infinite games and how you can adopt an infinite mindset to create a lasting legacy. In the book, Sinek shares numerous real-world examples to help us understand the differences between the two mindsets and their impact. If you've enjoyed the ideas in this summary, do get a copy of the book or visit simonsinek.com for more information. Hello, listener. Thank you for listening to our content. We have prepared a graphic summary with the main ideas and teachings of this incredible bestseller. Click on the link, Book Graphic, in the description to have access to a material where we combine the perfect mental stimuli so that you know and understand the great intuitions of the author.